Kia ora and hello friends. Welcome back to the Restoring Connections podcast. My name is Matthew Dawson. It is a wonderful privilege and an honor to be here with you in this space. We are, as per normal, in this podcast episode, we are going after things that are really helpful for healing and strengthening our most important relationships. The kind of relationships that you are really hoping will last all the way to the end of your life. The relationships that you want to just get stronger and stronger, more enjoyable, more intimate, more fruitful, um, and just all around more awesome. Because you can't do that with everybody. So you've got to decide who are your most important people um, and invest your time and energy accordingly. Um, We center all of our Restoring Connections programs and um, podcasts and pretty much everything we do with Restoring Connections. We center around four core areas, personal responsibility, proactive care, powerful communication, and healthy boundaries. And so we are now in the fourth episode of a four-part series called How Do I Dismantle an Atomic Bombversation? So the idea here is that it takes two people to have a terrible conversation. You can actually think to yourself right now, I could, if I made really, really awesome choices, I could actually never have a terrible conversation again. For the rest of my life. I'm not necessarily saying that you can decide that every conversation you have going forward will be amazing because it takes two to have a really great conversation, but it also takes two to have a terrible, destructive, awful conversation. At the very least, you could say my conversations are going to range between absolutely awesome and just like you know, not terrible. (laughs) We're looking at a scale of like, you know, negative 10 to positive 10. We can at least eliminate the zero to negative 10. Um, And so your new worst, your new worst conversation is going to be a zero. Because basically what you're deciding is I'm not going below that zero mark. I've just made a decision. I don't go there anymore. And so this is hopefully going to be helpful to you Um, this series that we've done in helping you understand, giving you the tools to be able to when the, right, when it starts rumbling. And that's often the case. Usually you don't have a conversation that just goes straight to negative 10. I mean, that can happen. It's like bang, 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 bang on the door, right? And it's like, oh my goodness, that person has showed up and they are mad and it's about to go down. I guess that's possible, but usually... In my experience anyways, usually the conversation starts off either good or okay and it sort of these have these moments where it gets a bit more crunchy and you're starting to feel a little bit more defensive and we're heading towards rapids, right? And there's a waterfall, like a complete you know, Niagara Falls, you know, coming up not too far down the track, but it usually starts off fairly chill, maybe even really good. Cor and I have had some conversations that started off super, super well. We were both feeling great. You know, the sun is shining, things are going okay. And then, 
oh my goodness, 30 minutes later, we're looking at each other like, how in the world did we get here? We are having a terrible, terrible conversation. <laughs> I am really hurt right now, and I'm afraid that I have really hurt you as well, and I don't want to do that. So we are exploring in this, what does it look like to actually, for me, because right, I'm in charge of my half of this relationship, you're in charge of your half of the connection. And so with that in mind, I should be able to dismantle, a t like I should be able to clock out, I should be able to cut the yellow cord, you know, I'm thinking Tom Cruise and the world is about to blow up, you know, and, and millions of innocent lives are at stake. That's always the thing, right? Um, and the question is, how do I, which cord do I cut? How, like, I want to give you the tools in that moment because it's really difficult to just know in that moment what to do. You've got to make a plan when you're feeling good. You know, it's like budgeting. You, you, when, you're, when the finances are good, you want to make a plan for what if it gets rocky, right? We've got, and then when it gets rocky, it actually is okay because you've thought about that. Oh, yes, I was aware this might happen. And we've accounted for that. And I want you to think about your relationships like that. This person is very close to me. This is a very important relationship, which means I'm very emotionally invested. And if I'm very emotionally invested, that means this, beha this person's behavior is going to, at times, probably make me feel great and perhaps occasionally at least annoy me, if not make me furious. And so I'm thinking about that. I am not, you know, I, this child, I didn't immaculately conceive Jesus. I, you know, I had a, a human child. <laughs> and this child is going to be wonderful and amazing and extraordinary and also cause me profound pain at times and drive me up the wall. This person that I married is not an angel. They're not Jesus. They are a human being that's still in a process, right? And so I've got to account for that. I've got to think through what am I going to do when, not if, but when this person at least annoys me, if not makes me feel very, very upset, causes me to feel very, very upset. Um, so we have been through fear and judgments pretending to be intelligent. That was the first one. Then we went into fears and judgments pretending to be vulnerable. That was like my special, my specialty. That's the one I've got to really watch out for. Fears and judgments pretending to be noble and strong, right? Things like, it's clear that you'll never change, so I have to be the bigger person, right? Well, I'm just stating something that's true. Okay, yeah, you know, but we know that's an extremely unhelpful thing to say. That's like throwing gasoline on the fire, right? This time we are talking about fear and judgments in self-defense. So this is not fear and judgment pretending to be anything other than just straight up you are a threat and I am protecting myself from you. So we have this we have this phrase, fight fire with fire, right? I want to tell you something. I have discovered I'm I am 40 years old. I turned 40, you know, a couple months ago, and I have discovered something incredible. I call it fighting fire with water. 
I know. <laughs> Is that good or what? <laughs> it's amazing. Right? Okay, I'm being silly, but the idea here is is to actually look at what is it, how do I, when I got fire coming at me and everything in me wants to match that intensity, right? Because offense produces defense typically, but it doesn't have to. If someone comes towards you in a way that you find offensive and causes you to feel a bunch of emotions like anger and sadness and frustration and you get to choose in that moment where you, whether you move towards defense and match that intensity, match that offense with defense, which is, you know, fighting fire with fire. Or you could look at what does it take to actually dismantle this atomic bomb. Now, I'm not saying that your behavior is necessarily that person may go off and, like an atomic bomb. They may go off into a corner and blow themselves up like when I say dismantling an atomic bomb conversation, I'm not saying you're dismantling them. They that they are in control of themselves. They might go off and, you know, it doesn't necessarily, these are not things that I'm saying, I guarantee you, if you say this and this, the other person will calm down. I don't know if the other person is going to calm down. Some of this stuff might make the other person go twice as mental. I, we don't know. That's the whole point is this is about you. This is about dismantling the, the bomb inside of yourself. This is about dismantling your own bomb versation, you know, going on inside of you. Remember, a healthy conversation is not necessarily a conversation where you're moving away from pain, right? Because you've probably heard me say this a lot if you've been listening to these podcasts. Pain is not the relationship killer. It's incredible how much pain that we can endure in a healthy relationship. You might even say, and I would certainly argue, that pain is actually a really important part of any healthy relationship. If you're close, if there's vulnerability, if there's intimacy, that is going to occasionally involve pain. You know, the, when, when needs aren't met. It's amazing how much pain we can get through though when we know why we're doing what we're doing. We know why we're in pain. What is the ultimate relationship killer um, if it isn't pain, what is it? I think it's confusion. Confusion is the thing that's just in no way, shape, or form is it redeemable at all. Like every great movie you've ever watched about some awesome love story, it definitely involved somebody being in a lot of pain and then choosing to love through that pain. So we can see the pain is actually an important element. But confusion, on the other hand, is just completely unredeemable. It, there's no redeeming factor of confusion in a relationship. It's just a wrecking ball. Um, and so how do we move the conversation away from confusion? We're looking for we're looking for clarity around what is it that you are feeling? What is it that you need? right? These are the really helpful points of clarity that we want to constantly move towards. So imagine yourself got somebody coming at you, with, you know, either sort of um, T-Rex, right, and coming at you uh, with intensity or maybe they're ghosting you, right? Either way, it's just two different forms of fear kind of popping up. The questions that you're wanting to be, at, 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 the, at the best, if you can move the conversation towards getting clarity around what is it that you're feeling and what is it that you need, and then 
another really important one, especially with the topic we're talking about in this particular episode, is are you capable and committed to having a respectful conversation with me right now? Is that something that you have capacity for? See, Cora and I, we we understand and the you know with our children and with the people who we're very close to who we work with day to day we understand we're not always going to have capacity to have a great conversation we don't even expect that of each other i don't expect cora to always be emotionally fit for a great conversation think about an athlete would you expect you know even an olympic athlete would you expect them to always be able to f- perform at peak performance no no way we understand that life has rhythms emotions have rhythms your physiology has rhythms and so i don't expect cora to always be completely match fit for a really you know um confronting conversations about something that's really delicate that we need to wrestle through together i'm asking her that question and she doesn't expect that of me either and so we are aware of that. So when we ask ourselves, when we ask each other the question, hey, are you, do you have capacity for a kind and respectful conversation right now? We're, we're not saying like, are you an immature, you know, idiot um, and have no capacity for that right now? Or are you mature and, you know, can you pull yourself together? No, we're actually quite genuinely saying, hey, do you have capacity right now uh, to keep this conversation respectful? Are you able to be kind right now? And man, it's wonderful how at times the answer to that question is no. And it's so good. You know, Cora will say to me, okay, I'm sensing uh, like you're, she will say, she won't talk to me about me. She'll say your tone, the look on your face is causing me to feel quite anxious in this conversation. Um, I'm a little bit worried that you're about to do something really hurtful, right? So that's a converse, that's a that's a statement about her. She's she's saying, you know, and and she's saying the look on your face, the tone you're using, that's causing me to feel a particular way. And she's going to ask me that question: Are you capable of being kind right now? And sometimes, I pause and I just ask myself the question, and I realize absolutely not. No, I'm not capable of being kind right now. Definitely not. I'm in full-blown self-defense right now because what you just said, I feel very offended by. <laughs> right? And so that's wonderful clarity. Right? So that's that's what you're feeling. She's saying, you know, that's the that's that question. Okay, well, what what are you feeling? And I'm going, I'm feeling offended and scared and angry. And she's going to say, okay, well, what do you need? And I'm going to go... Because she's saying, what I need is you to be able to be kind, right? Oops, sorry about that. I need you to be able to be kind. That's what she's saying to me. And so the question is, what do you need in order to be able to meet my need for you to be kind? And I'm going to probably say something like, I need 10 minutes. I need 10, 15 minutes. It depends on how upset I am. Maybe I only need two. Maybe I need a day. I don't know. That's pretty rare. Um, But we're pushing towards that clarity and we're actually not expecting the other person to be perfect. We're giving them that option. We're saying, hey, has your humanity showed up in this conversation? Because <laughs> that's okay. You get to be human. I get to be human, right? We're going to have a conversation when we're both in a good space. That's what's going to make this work. So 
just a little bit of an intro there. Okay, so let's dive into some of these. I've just articulated, like I did with the other episodes, I've kind of identified some, um, maybe some common things that we say to each other, at least in English. I don't know how these would translate into other languages, but uh, this is, certainly isn't an exhaustive list, but I hope it, I hope you're able to kind of get the gist of what I'm going after here. Um, a lot of these, it, I really want you to be thinking, okay, this, what this, this is, I've got something offensive coming towards me and I'm, I'm clipping the, the yellow wire that wants to bring defense back to that offense. And I'm actually just keeping myself in a place of kindness and self-control and peace. Maybe I'm maybe what you're saying is causing me a lot of pain, but I can be in pain and at peace at the same time, right? I can be in pain and I can be at peace. I can still manifest, you know, a peacefulness even while I am in pain. It's not easy, but it's definitely possible. Okay, somebody says to you, what were you thinking, right? <laughs> and it's funny a lot of these a lot of these phrases the words and the meaning are quite different right so that can be asked because of course it's the tone that's very different than oh and by the way I forgot to mention Cora's not with me I really wanted to have Cora with me in this episode she's done the first three with me um, and we tried really hard to make it happen but you know what the last two months has been really, really intense for us. And we kept putting this block of time in there and then having to shift it and having to shift it and having to shift it. And eventually we just decided as a team, hey, how about Matt just records this one on his own? So, um, yeah, I'm sure you're thinking, where the heck is Cora? These episodes are so much better with Cora. And I totally agree, friend. Alas, we're going to have to power on without her. So somebody says to you, what... Were you thinking? They're not asking, oh, help me understand why you did that. You know what you're thinking. It's more this question of what were you thinking? And instantly what's going to rise up in you is you want to match that offense with defense. I'll tell you what I was thinking. What I was thinking is how the heck am I going to deal with the ramifications of this incredibly stupid thing that you did last week and this is all your fault, right? And so the message comes towards you is it's all your fault and you want to come back with no, 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 it's all your fault, right? And so you've got two people defending their position. So I'm going to ask... How do we clip the how do we clip the wire here? How do we dismantle this? Somebody comes at me, what were you thinking? I'm probably going to ask the question. If it's something that is it's actually the words are a question, but it's more of a the tone, it's more of a statement than a question because really when somebody asks it like that, what were you thinking? It's probably more accurate like what the the message you're going to pick up from that is you are an idiot, right? That's it comes out as a question, but, you know, the words are a question, but the actual statement is, it, you know, the phrase is more of a statement than a question. So I'm going to, I'm going to respond to that with a question because when someone says, what are you thinking? Am I getting clarity on what they're feeling or what they need? No. So we're, mo we're going to move towards confusion here. This person, this statement is, is threatening to move this conversation towards confusion because we're not getting clarity about these questions. I'm not going to go there. You want to move the conversation towards confusion? 
all good, no judgment, I understand, been there, done that, definitely, but I'm not going there with you. Not today. Oh, no. Uh, my, my son Levi says it every once in a while. I love that. Not today. Um, so I'm going to be asking a question. I'm going to say something like, are you, are you, can you help me understand? I love that phrase. Can you help me understand? And that's going to, that's probably going to pop up over and over and over in this episode. Can you help me understand? Are you actually asking me that question or are you actually telling me that you're feeling angry, right? And they've got an opportunity. You're inviting them back into clarity. They're moving towards confusion. You're inviting them back into clarity. I don't know how they'll respond, but you can invite, right? You can invite. You can stand on the, the edge of, the, of clarity, right? And say, I'm not jumping over that confusion cliff with you. I'm back here. Are you actually... Because if they... If I ask that question, or if, if I say, are you actually asking me what I'm thinking? Help me understand here. Or are you, or is this more of your way of telling me that you're angry? There's an opportunity for them to say, if they can, if they have the humility and the self-control in that moment, they might say, thanks for asking that, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, actually, I actually am asking. You know, what? Yeah, what helped me understand why did you do that? Oh, okay. See that? Now we're now we're having now we're back on track having a healthy conversation. You've invited them back. Or they might say, Yeah, I'm telling you that I'm angry. I'm angry because blah, 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 blah. and they just keep going down that track. You don't and then it's probably time for boundaries, but you can invite them back. Here's another one. Don't you realize how manipulative you're being? Right? So you want to say, what, if somebody says that to you, don't you realize how manipulative you're being? What do you want to say in response? You want to say, you want to defend your position. I'm not being manipulative. This isn't manipulative, right? Hey, I've got an idea. How about we argue for the next hour about whether or not I'm being manipulative? That sounds really productive, right? No. Like getting into an argument about whether or not your accusation is true, there is... It is a lose-lose scenario. You are never, that is never going to produce anything good, right? Don't you realize how manipulative you're being? Check this out. How's this for a response? No, actually, I don't. Um, but I'm aware that I probably can be manipulative sometimes. Can you help me understand what is it that I'm doing or saying that's causing you to feel manipulated? How's that for a response? Isn't that awesome? So powerful. I love that. Don't it, it's either again you're inviting them back into a healthy conversation. So I'm not going to go there with you. Love you. I'm inviting you back into it, and it's all about the tone that you use, right? Because if you say no, I don't. Can you tell me what it is that's making you feel? Then you're just doing the same thing. You, you get the words right, but the tone is all wrong, and so you're just you know, and you're just adding feel to it. But if you can, if you can muster up the strength, and if you can't, hey. If you can't, because really what I'm talking about here, all of these responses require a lot of self-control. And if you don't have it in the tank to offer that kind of self-control, just time out. I'm not good. What you just said has got me feeling way off balance. The I'm, I'm feeling offended and I'm going to need to defend myself. And there's no way I'm going to bring, if, the, if, my, if in my emotional state, all I'm thinking about right now is self-defense. 
there is no way I'm going to be able to bring anything helpful into this conversation because the only thing I'm going to be trying to do is defend myself. If you're in self-defense, friend, honestly, do yourself and the other person a favor. Just call a timeout, get yourself back into a healthy position. Think of it like, think of it like being on a sports field and there's a part of you that wants the other team to win and you can't turn it off. And it's like, oh my gosh, mate, you're like, don't go on that field. You're going to drive your team nuts. If you actually find yourself wanting the other team to win, just time out, get out of there. You're not going to be able to contribute anything healthy in that environment. I don't know if that's a good metaphor. I just came up with that one right then. It's probably terrible. Um, okay. Don't you realize how manipulative you're being? No, actually, I don't. See, but you are, this person is coming at you with accusation. I love this. It's the ability to actually recognize, you'll see this pattern in, my, in all of the responses I've, I've, um, I have identified here as being helpful ones. You're acknowledging that could possibly be true. That you, you might be right, actually. You might be right. And so I have, a, in my life, um, I have kind of a recurring thing. One of, the, one of the unbearable thoughts or feelings for me, we all have them, right? One of them for me, um, and I've probably talked about this before, is feeling like I, maybe I have more than I deserve. Because I, um, I feel, honestly, like I'm probably the most blessed person I've ever met. Um, I say that to my kids. I, I honestly, it's absurd. I feel like Cora is the most epic life partner ever. My kids are not perfect, but they're basically the best kids that have ever lived. And I feel just outrageously blessed in my life with my family, my upbringing, right? And so, and I have this kind of, it's probably, you know, I I think I'm a number three Enneagram. And so I kind of have this this constant need to accomplish. And so I wrestle a little bit with this, with the thought or the belief occasionally that I... I'm, I'm not enough. I haven't done enough. I haven't contributed enough. And so, and I used to try to fight that with, no, but I have, I have contributed enough. I've done it, you know, and, and I don't anymore. Actually, I just, I just kind of everyone, I just lay in my bathtub and I stare at my ceiling and I say something to myself like, yeah, I have way more than I deserve. Actually, that's why I'm so grateful. <sighs> See that? Instead of trying to wrestle with it, I'm actually just, I'm just entering into it. I'm not trying to run away from that. I'm actually entering into it and saying, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I probably do have way more than I deserve. And that's why I'm so incredibly grateful. That's why I'm so incredibly grateful. Or the other one is I haven't done enough, right? And so I say, yeah, yeah, that's right. I probably haven't done enough. I probably haven't done enough. That's why I really need, in my life, I say that's why I really need Jesus. Or I might say that's why I really need my friends. Yeah, I haven't done enough. Since I've gone that way, you know, so somebody says, don't you realize how manipulative you're being? I'm going to say, no, actually, I don't. I, but I'm aware I, I'm, I'm not entering, I'm not immediately assuming that what they're saying is true. I'm not immediately saying, oh my goodness. You are the source of all truth and you feel manipulative and you feel manipulated and so I therefore am manipulative and I'm not, I'm not going that far, but I'm entering into, that's, that could be true. Maybe I am being manipulative right now. So I'm going to say, no, I don't realize how manipulative I'm being. 
and I'm going to invite them into tell me what you're feeling and what you need. Can you tell me what I'm doing that's causing you to feel manipulated? Is there something that I could do differently? And I'm going to need them to have a clear answer. And if they say, no, it's just your whole aura, well, you know, there's not much I can do about my whole aura. But maybe they say, do you think you could, do you think you could actually have a kinder tone? Do you think that you could work on having a bit more kindness in your eyes? And I'm going to go, yeah, I probably could do that, actually. Or what about the statement, stop controlling me? <laughs> what am I going to respond? I want to respond, I'm not controlling you. No, I'm not going to go there, right? That's just defense to match the offense. Stop controlling me. So I'm going to say, okay, sure. I don't want you to feel controlled. Is there anything I can do to help you feel more cared for or less controlled? Right? I'm entering into that. Stop manipulating me. Okay, sure. I don't want you to feel manipulated. Is there anything I can do to help you feel less manipulated? I'm inviting them back in. Sure, absolutely. Spell it out for me. Maybe it's something that I can work on. You only care about yourself. And I'm going to say, okay, sure. That may very well be true. I do struggle with selfishness, <laughs> right? You see that? It's like, you know, of course I do, you know. You only care about yourself. Okay, that might be true. But I do want you to feel cared for, right? Is there anything I can do to help you feel more cared for? Not going into the confusion thing. Standing here and inviting you back into clarity. You don't get to talk to me like that. There's another one. Okay, sure. No problem. How would you like me to talk to you? Notice these are all, I always come back with a question. I'm always inviting you back into telling me what are you feeling and what do you need? You don't get to talk to me like that. Okay, sure, sounds good. How would you like me to talk to you? How would you describe the way I am talking to you? How would you, what would you like me to change, right? You are being ridiculous. Don't you see how ridiculous you're being? Okay, sure. I do have a struggle occasionally with being ridiculous. <laughs> Hopefully you can say it without laughing because that's not going to help. You know, you're being ridiculous. Okay. Yes, that may in fact be true. Is there anything I could do to be less ridiculous? <laughs> right? Now, what they come back with all of these statements, with these questions, what they come, they might come back to you and say, yes. What I need you to do is agree with me about everything. I need you to agree with me that you are, I need you, whatever. They might say, yes, when you say, what do you need me to do differently? You know, what have I said here? Is there anything I could do to be less ridiculous? How would you like me to talk to you? How can I make you feel more listened to? That's another one. You're not listening to me. That's a really common one, right? You're not listening to me. And what do you want to say? Yes, I am. I'm right here. Of course, I'm listening to you. But don't go there, friend. It's not going to help. You know, argue for the next hour about whether or not you're listening to them. You're going to say, okay, that might be true. I might not be listening to you as well as I think I am. Is there anything that, you know, I, I want you to feel listened to? Is there anything I could do differently that would lead you to feel more listened to? I want you to feel listened to, right? So the point I'm making, though, is that what they, if they say, yes, thank you for asking, 
you can make me feel more cared for. You can help me feel more listened to. You can help me, you know, you can be less ridiculous, whatever, <laughs> by doing X, Y, Z, by doing this, this, and this. You may listen to that and they may ask you to, something, to do something that you can't commit to, that you don't want to, that you don't feel comfortable committing to. They might say, I want you to agree with me that da, 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 da. And you might have to say, ah, oh, thanks for letting me know what you need. That's, that's not something that I am willing to do because I don't actually see it the same way as you do. Right? So I want you to understand that when I'm saying ask the question, some people interpret that. It's like, okay, well, if I ask them the question, how would you, you know, how can I make you feel more listened to, then I'm necessarily committing to doing what they, ask. no, you're not, not at all. If I say, how can I make you feel more listened to? How can I help you feel more heard? If the answer is, I want, uh, I want a, I want time with you that is, that is limitless. I want as much time with you as I want. I want you to listen to me until I'm done, even if that takes five hours, even if we're here for three days. I want as much time, you know, I want there to be absolutely no boundary around the time that uh, that you are listening to me. If that's what they're asking for, then I'm going to politely, hopefully, and gently say, ah, I can understand. Thanks for letting me know what you need. We're going to have to work on another solution because that's that's not something I feel comfortable with. That's not something I'm prepared to commit to. Right. So I want you to get that by when you're asking the question, what would you like me to do differently? By asking the question, you're not necessarily committing to what they say. And it's like asking somebody what they want for something. Hey, how much would you like for that car? Asking the question, how much do you want for that car? Doesn't necessarily mean you're committed to giving them whatever they say. You're asking them how much they want for the car. And you'll find out whether or not it's worth to you what they're asking for. You know, it's the same in, in, in these kind of scenarios. How about this? You always do this. You always, just imagine that furrowed brow, right? And that tone, you always do this, right? And you want to defend yourself. Nope. You're going to say, ah, oh, yeah, okay, I hear you. That could be true. It could be the case that I always do this. Help me understand what is it exactly that I always do and and what is it that you'd like me to do differently, right? And you're, you're inviting them in. Every time I share something important to me, you go and make it about yourself. Every time I, whatever, I talk about my mom, you go and throw a tantrum. Every time I, you know, bring up the situation with Charlie or, you know, or Frank or whatever, every time I bring up this situation, you just ghost me, you just disappear, you know, or you, every time I talk about something I'm excited about, you just rain on my parade, or every time I try to talk about money, you treat me like I'm a psychopath or whatever, right? Okay, so fill in the blank. It's like, every time I do this, you do this. And so immediately, if you're like me, I'm a very rational person and I'm a very word, I'm like a words kind of a person. I'm very auditory. And oh my goodness, I have driven Cora completely nuts. You know, sure. she Because, uh, you know, in, in years gone by, sh this kind of thing would be a dynamic between us. She would say something like this. Every time I do this, you do that. Right. And really what is, 
she doesn't do this anymore. She has way more powerful, you know, communication tools uh, that she uses now, which is awesome. Um, but really the cry of her heart is she's, she's actually telling me something that she's feeling is something that she needs, right? She's I'm feeling afraid about this situation and I need to partner with you. Feeling afraid about this situation with one of our children and how they're going to be affected. And I really need some unrushed time to partner with you about this. Right. But if it comes out as every time I do this, you do that. Every time I bring up this situation about, you know, Kiana, you do this. Right. And so um, if you're a words person like me, what I've what I've made the mistake of doing so many times over the years is I say, no, that's not true. I don't do that every time. <laughs> as if she's going to go, oh, my goodness, that is so helpful. You're right. I stated something that was mathematically incorrect that you do it every time. But there was that one time three years ago on a Tuesday afternoon where I did this and you actually didn't do that. So good point. Sorry about it. As though we're like two scientists kind of making an experiment and I'm kind of like, mm -mm -mm, nope, nope, that's not absolutely exactly true. And she's going to be, aha, thank you so much. No, it's not going to go like that at all. It's just going to make things 10 times worse. If I go at it like that and defend myself, no, I don't do that every time. I don't do this every time. Last Wednesday, you brought it up and I did this, you know, and so now let's argue for the next hour about whether or not I do or do not do this every time. That's not going to get us anywhere. So what am I going to say? I'm going to say, do you know what? That might be true. Can you help me understand what it is exactly that I'm doing and what would you like me to do differently? And she's going to go, well... What I'm experiencing. And I might even say, do you think it, what could help me is if you put it in less absolute terms. Do you think you could do that? And Cora's probably, yeah, I could probably do that. When I bring up the situation about Kiana, what I'm experiencing is, you know, dot, 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 you seem too busy or you seem exhausted or you seem whatever, you know. And what I'm really needing is to feel engagement from you. I need to feel buy-in from you. I need to perceive these things and I need to feel partnered with. Is that something that you can commit to? And I'm probably going to say, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Let's go there. We have dismantled an atomic bomb conversation. Yes. Well, what about, I got two more. What about, you don't know me. What am I going to say? Okay. Sure. That's probably true. I am still getting to know. I mean, and I'm going to say something that I want. I'm going to say, I want you to feel known. I can see that you need to feel known. I want you to feel known. Is there anything I can do to help you feel more known? I'm leaning in, you know, I'm lit, but I'm leaning in to the healthy version of that. Stop hiding. Be <laughs> How's this one for the last one? Stop hiding behind these stupid communication tricks that you got from the Dawsons. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to ever hear that, but, you know. You're going to say, I want you and I to both feel respected and cared for in this conversation. And I'm hoping that these communication tools that I got from Matt's podcast will help me to uphold my half of a respectful conversation. Is there a different way that you'd like me to communicate with you? Right. So again, you're learning, you're getting these tools down. What, what are some of the repeating patterns? Just to wrap this up, what are some of the repeating patterns? 
you your opening statement is a statement of humility. You're saying essentially you're saying that might be true. That might be true. That could very well be true, right? Just say it with me, friend. That might be true. Yep, that might be true. Another one you're saying is, help me understand. Say that with me. Help me understand. I want to understand. Next one is you're identifying the, the, the need, the need of the heart, and you're acknowledging that, and you're saying what you want. You're saying, I want you to feel respected. I want you to feel cared for. I, I'm acknowledging that you don't currently feel respected, and I'm saying, I mean, that just, that right there, can snuff out a fire so fast, very often. You know, if if I can see Cora is feeling really, you know, anxious about something, really off kilter, and I look her in the eyes and say, darling, I can see that you're not feeling heard, and I would really like you to feel heard right now. I, I want to, I want to behave in a way that causes you to feel really heard right now. Just even just me stating that I want to, acknowledging that she doesn't currently and stating that I want her to feel heard, man, that can work wonders. That can just immediately, mm, sorry, still a big burp. Hopefully we can edit that out. <laughs> that can just immediately just bring peace back into the conversation, right? Because I'm just feeling, you know, there's some commitment from you. You're, you I'm, I'm feeling acknowledged. I'm feeling heard, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm stating what I want. I'm saying, help me understand. And I'm asking a question, what can I do differently? So those are, you could identify those as kind of four key things that you're practicing. Those are your four tools you know, that's, you know, that could be true. That very well might be true. And I'm acknowledging what you feel. I'm stating that I want you to feel, we're both in agreement. I want, we both want you to feel respected. We both want you to feel heard. We both want you to feel cared for. And lastly, I'm asking you a powerful question. I'm inviting you in to give me some clarity. And not only am I inviting you to give me some clarity, I'm also actually requiring you to give me clarity. Because if you're saying you don't feel heard, you don't feel respected, you're out of control, and I'm asking you a powerful question saying, I want you to feel heard. I want you to feel respected. Help me understand what I can do differently. If you do not have an answer for that, of something that's very reasonable, right? If you don't have an answer for that, I don't know. If my if my question is, how can I help you feel more respected? And the answer is, I don't know. Ask me this stupid question. That is definitely the indicator for me that this conversation needs to end right now. I need to remove myself from this conversation, right? Because I have given you every, I have come towards you in humility, I've acknowledged what it is that you're feeling. I've stated that I want you to feel what it is that you're wanting wanting to feel. And I am asking you a question. How can I alter my behavior? I'm ticking those boxes. And if you don't have an answer for that, then, you know, 
you're spiraling and that's not a that's not a downward spiral I want to be on right now. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for you. I care for you. I'm not saying I'm going to fold my arms and say, stuff you, I'm out of here. You want a downward spiral, do it on your own. I'm not saying any of that. I'm filled with compassion. I'm filled with care. And I'm saying, hey, I, I get it. I get it. This conversation isn't going to work for me. Um, please let me know when you're ready to give me clarity as to what I could do differently. And they might, who knows, maybe they throw a huge tantrum while you're walking away. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they say, yeah, I hear you. When this kind of thing happens between Cor and I, it doesn't usually get that heated these days. We kind of nip these things in the bud. But if I say, hey, what could I do differently? And she says, I don't know, babe. I don't know. I'm going to say, yeah, I hear you. I get it. No problem. I'm going to take some space from this conversation. Have a think about it. Let me know when you've got some clarity as to what you need from me. And then I'd love to take another shot at this conversation. And it happens the other way around as well. Um, just as frequently, actually. So there you go, friends. Um, I hope that that is helpful. You know, finally here, I've got, I've, I've put this phrase together. I am not, I am not well enough emotionally to be kind and respectful right now. I need some space to get better. I'll let you know when I'm ready to talk about this again. Honestly, it's probably one of the best tools I can possibly give you. If there's one thing I would encourage you from this to just like write down and memorize and just l like, you are going to be saying that a lot in a healthy relationship. You're going to be saying that. <laughs> fairly frequently. I'm not well enough emotionally to be kind and respectful right now. I need some space to get better. I am owning that thing. It's my kindness that's missing. It's my respect that's missing, right? I am responsible for me. I am in control of me. I need some space to get better. I'll let you know when I'm ready to talk about this again. And then the key is don't just ghost the other person. Don't just use that and then not talk to them for a week or even not talk to them for a day. If you need to take some space for the conversation, do it. But then as soon as you take that space, no, the clock is ticking, right? And the ball is in your court. And the longer you wait, the more opportunity there is for anxiety and fear to creep back up in the relationship. So take the time that you need, but check in regularly, be proactive. You know, I'm talking to the guys out there. Um, I mean, it's not only applicable to guys, but I kind of have a particular be in my bonnet about men um, doing this well. If you've told your wife, hey, too much, I can't have this conversation right now. You know, I don't, I don't have it in the tank. It's been a huge day. It's 11 o'clock at night, whatever. Or we're just about to jump in the car and go to my mom's place or whatever. Like, I can't have this conversation right now. Right? Okay, fair enough. That's fine. When will you have the conversation? Balls in your court, your court bro. When will you have the conversation? Check in right? And be proactive. Now, clear, okay, so clear your schedule. What, maybe the next thing you have on is your, you know, whatever, something that you had scheduled. Can you cancel it? Is it more important than what you got going on with your spouse or with your partner or with your child or this really important person in your life? Ask yourself that question. If that relationship is really important, then treat it like it's really important, right? Hey, darling. Here comes Cora. She is joining us after all. Have anything brilliant to say? I really needed my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for it. How are you feeling about that? Were you anxious about it? Yeah, a little bit. She was a little anxious and she needed her iPad and she just decided, hey, 
gonna make it happen just as well that that's completely fine um so yeah if you have if you have said hey i'm not well enough to have this conversation i'm dismantling this atomic bomb conversation by removing myself get real proactive get yourself back into a healthy space call me or a friend or a mentor or whatever do whatever it takes get yourself back into a healthy space and get back into that conversation as soon as you possibly can. Do not leave them wandering around in the dark. That's no good. No good for the relationship. All right, friends, I'm going to leave it there. That was the fourth and final episode of How Do I Dismantle an Atomic Bomb Conversation. Hope you found it helpful. We will see you in the next episode. We hope you found the conversation and stories on today's podcast helpful and insightful. If you want to go deeper, Restoring Connections offers online courses that cover key topics like personal responsibility, proactive care, powerful communication, and healthy boundaries. Go to www.restoringconnections.nz for more information. This podcast is funded by generous supporters from all over the world. Please consider supporting by going to the Restoring Connections website and hitting the Contribute button. By partnering with us, you're helping to provide mentoring, workshops and training to others who are also restoring their connections.